everybody. Thank you for listening to Bloody Podcast. I'm your host, Maria Felix. I'm Cash Abdumalik. How's it going? Our resident guest. <laughs> and today, I don't think we have any announcements up top, so we're just going to jump right into it. We are talking about Omaima Nelson. So, Omaima mm-hmm. was born and raised in Egypt and immigrated to the U.S. at the age of 18. That's for Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> they love it when I do that. The Egyptians do. Mm. <laughs> I have friends there. It's true. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. I do. Okay. Okay. Lots of friends? Some. No, I was, I was, I, I went to Egypt at a young age uh, with my family and I stayed there for uh, a long, a, a while. I know. Yeah. I know. A couple of months. Do you think it's still cute? Or maybe it was cute when you were that age and you did that? I don't think it was ever cute. <laughs> but it's definitely one of my staples. Sure <laughs> <laughs> is. It's definitely something that I do where people are just like, oh, God, are you still doing that? And I just go. <laughs> well, she came from Egypt over to Orange County. Ugh. Right here in California. That's a jump. Mm-hmm. In 1986. Oh, okay, cool. So we're in the 80s. Uh, oh. <laughs> in, the Orange, in Orange County, she worked as a nanny and trying to make it as a model. Hmm. I bet the Bengals were big at that time, because they did that song, Walk Like Walk like an Egyptian. Oh, yeah. And she was probably like, yup. Yeah, you walk like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a rage at all the clubs. Well, being a, a nanny and a model is her official story, but her arrest record says that she had a much more wild life in the 80s, because it included... Auto theft and shoplifting in 1987. Hmm. So, right, like, soon after getting here. Mm-hmm. A hit and run with property damage in 89. Jesus. That's a wild July 31st of 89, so the end of the summer almost. A wild summer of 89. That doesn't sound like Orange County. That sounds like Miami in the 80s. I don't know, man. It's also a beach town. That's true. A rich beach town. There you go. Shoplifting and battery for biting a security officer on July 10th of 1989. Driving under the influence on January 24th. So she's still going from New Year's in 1990. Nice. 1990, man. It's a big New Year's. That lasted all month. That's for sure. That's crazy. Jesus. And driving without a license because she lost it from the DUI probably. In June of 1990. And assault with a firearm in November of 1990. So a wild year. Wild year 1990. Damn, she's like going into the station every single couple of months. Yeah, they know her well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, oh, Mima, good to see you. You still walking like an Egyptian? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's in their face. She's spitless. <laughs> ah. Well, things were allowed to get a lot crazier when she was hanging out at a bar in Costa Mesa in November of 1981. Okay. Omaima bent over a pool table, taking her shot. But she also shot eyes 
at one of the men admiring her that night. 56-year-old William E. Nelson William, known affectionately, of course, as Bill, was a former pilot who got into a little trouble when he did somebody a favor in trying to smuggle in some weed from Mexico to the U.S. during the 1970s. Okay. Four years in the pen. Oh, that sucks. He lost his pilot license. And now he held down a job at a mortgage company and lived in an apartment in Costa Mesa. I wonder if he could still, like, temporarily, like, fly for fun. Like, you know, when people have their pilot licenses and all that stuff. Or does it just get taken away from you? Probably taken away. I think taken away. I think it's the same thing as, like, a DUI where it's like, no, you can't drive for fun. That was the problem in the first place. Right. <laughs> but I feel like they were more lax with DUIs back then. I feel like the, the three-strike rule wasn't, like, a thing yet. Well, they've never been lax with pilot shit, I think. You no. know? That shit's taken seriously. Yeah. I, I assume. I hope. <laughs> you hope. You hope. Uh, he also had a 15-year-old daughter who resided mostly with her mother. Okay. Omaima and Bill started talking, fell in love, and eloped a few days later. Days. Days, man. Jesus. <laughs> you always hear about somebody doing that where it's like, we just met and fucking things clicked. We got married, man. We're gonna be the we're gonna be the the story where it, like it works. Yeah, we're gonna be the exception to the rule. Yeah, the twenty something and the fifty six year old. I'm in love. We're in love. Yeah, friends are like, all right, Bill. <laughs> Good luck, dude. Not to be exact, there was thirty three years between them. That's a lot. That is a lifetime. Yeah, that is a full grown adult with a mortgage. That's two generations. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's two generations. Yeah. Uh, the couple went and honeymooned across some states. It sounds super lame. They went to like Oklahoma. Lame. And then they went to Texas where Bill's brother had a farm. Barbecue, that's it. Lame. <laughs> lame. You don't want a honeymoon in Texas? I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. You're missing out on some great barbecue. I sure am. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> and then uh, they headed back to California prior to the Thanksgiving holiday. Bill had been introducing everyone to his new wife and was excited to also introduce her to his daughter. So he invited his daughter for Thanksgiving, but she was pissed, obviously, and she refused to go. Was was the daughter and uh, um what's her name again? Omaima. Omaima. Were they close in age? She was fifty. The daughter's fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a junior. Omaima's in her twenties. Okay, so twenty-three. Yeah. It's a little too close. A little too close. Yeah. Also, like she's fifteen, she's gonna be pissed about anything that her dad does. <laughs> yeah, her dad sucks. <laughs> he used to be a pilot. Now he's not. I'm still cool. <laughs> well, that night on Thanksgiving, something went terribly wrong. Omaima claims that it all started as self-defense. She says that immediately after they got married, Bill showed that he was abusive and was merciless with Omaima. Then that Thanksgiving day, 
She claims Bill demanded to have sex, and when she refused this time, he began strangling her. That's the Thanksgiving trans uh, uh, tradition. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sex then turkey. <laughs> and if not, you strangle in between. Yeah, you strangle in between. That's mm. part of it. It's you're supposed to do it while like humming the Charlie Brown. Uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving song? Okay. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> she grabbed a nearby lamp, breaking it over his head to disorient him. And then, she says, she grabbed a pair of scissors and stabbed him repeatedly, killing him in their Costa Mesa apartment. Oof. Omaima did not call the police afterwards. Instead, she later had to tell the court that she put on red lipstick a red dress, and red shoes, and went about dismembering her husband's body. I don't know. It's such a peculiar uh, um, thing. It's very, like, Buffalo Bill-esque yeah. to me. I like getting dressed up to do this. It's very 90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like it's a 90s movie where it's just like... I don't know. It's it's very 90s. <laughs> I could see it happening. And she does it while she while that song that we love from the 80s is playing the night one. Not, oh, yeah. Not because of the night, but the other one. Oh, oh, wait, which one? Ooh, what's it called? Ah. Are you talking about the one by, um, um, oh. Because <laughs> the night... Is my one? Is yeah. that the one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Laura Branigan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Or Lady in Red. Well, maybe it was Lady in Red. Yeah. Well, it's still super sad. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. After she dismembered the body, including the head and genitals, <sighs> she skinned the torso, uh-huh. boiled the head. Then froze it and fried the hands in cooking oil. What? It is not clear if Omaima ate any part of Bill before she was caught. I think she did. I think she did. If you wait, so oh Jesus Christ! So you boil it. You oh Jesus. Okay, I'm sorry. She boiled it and stored it like soup for the winter. Jeez, that's cannibal shit right there. Yeah. You boil it, then you freeze it. Oh, man, dude. She was caught that same week when she threw out some bo- some of the body parts into garbage cans and threw some into her trunk and then called a friend and offered them $75,000 to help her get rid of the evidence. The friend... Then called the police, and Omaima was arrested on December 2nd. As you should. Yes, as you should. If you're friends with somebody and they're like, I'm going to give you some money to help me get rid of this body. Yeah. Immediately call the cops. (laughs) That's so fucked up. I'm calling the cops. I will call the cops. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Omaima immediately claimed self-defense, and the prosecution started preparing the case 
before it went to trial a year later in early December of 1992. I still have such a problem with with with, with what she did. Yes. Yeah. It's not. What are I'm sorry. I don't mean to brush over it. No. No. You're not at all. I, I'm. My problem is I can't let it go right now. Just you're not brushing over it at all. Well, it caught on. Very, you know, everybody felt the same way as you. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's everything is. Comedy is about specifics, and specifics, the details are so embedded in a story, and that's what makes it so true and so real. So the fact that she fried the hands, boiled the head, skinned the body, put that in the freezer, she had plans for meat. It's so insane. Mm -hmm. God. Insanity. I mean, immediately... The pe people compared her to Jeffrey Dahmer. They called her the female Jeffrey Dahmer. Sure. And, um, like, the female Hannibal Lecter. Oof. So. Wow. Yeah, it is It is very shocking. It's incredibly disturbing. Ugh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you need some more seconds to, to process it? No, I got it all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you need some more time. No, that's wild. I'll stall. <laughs> no, keep going, keep going. At the trial, Omaima described Bill as a monster. She claimed that he demanded sex three times a day at least, willingly or not. And when they were coming back from their honeymoon, she told a story about him demanding oral sex while they were driving, and Omaima refused. So then, Bill took a kitten that he had just given her for their honeymoon mm -hmm. and threw it out the window while they were going full speed. Hmm. She described many instances of forced, rough, quote, kinky sex where bondage was involved. And she said she did not leave Bill because he would always apologize for his actions afterwards. It was the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Importantly, she also detailed that she, was that she herself was a survivor of sexual abuse. Mm. She explained that she was, as a child, she was subjected to forced circumcision. That is... Oh, God. And had been abused by many men in both the U.S. and Egypt. Since then, including Bill, who she married because she wanted to believe that he was a good man and wanted to find somebody who cared for her. You know, in so many situations where somebody has to endure horrible people and they come from a horrible situation and then they just keep on, you know, they keep on like fucking ringing the bell of just bad luck, just bad people, constant bad people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you shouldn't need anybody. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I'm sorry that these things are happening to you. Right. Yeah. Don't eat somebody, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky case, and then it gets to that point, and you're like, well. Well. But even then, beyond that point, it's a tricky case, because as we'll see here, she was diagnosed as psychotic, at least at the time. And, you know, psychotic can, la like, even temporary psychosis can last for days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is the gruesomeness of the case just is not overshadowed by any clinical diagnosis. It is a gruesome, sad thing that happened. Incredibly sad. All around. 
while the prosecution, in turn, asserted Omaima was a violent woman who used sex as a con and who had grown more dangerous over the years. They had witnesses that said Omaima had been a prostitute before meeting Bill, both in Egypt and in the U.S., so that tarnished her reputation. Not that it was a great reputation already, because there's hard evidence of her arrest record. Mm. A psychiatrist testified that Omaima suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and was psychotic at the time of the killing. During her testimony, she said that she never planned to eat him. But when the prosecution asked, well, then why did you cook him? She couldn't answer. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not much else to say there. No. Why'd you cook him? I wasn't going to eat him, but you cooked him. <laughs> next question, please. No, 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 not next question. <laughs> what can answer that? I'd be if the judge. I'd be like, I'd like to hear what she has to say. <laughs> I think she has to answer. Yeah, I think you kind of have to, dude. Plead the fifth. Oh, uh, no, 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 not today. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbors also testified about all the. Um, all the whirring they heard that night, which turned out to be the garbage disposal. Oof. And the chopping sounds that were coming from the apartment all weekend. Oh, Lord, Lord, it's so specific. Jesus. <sighs> and then to top it all off, Omaima was also facing charges in a separate case where she had tied up another ex-boyfriend and kept him in bondage until he gave her more money. Okay. Something that she admitted to also doing to Bill, tying him up, but at Bill's request. Just during their relationship, during their three-week relationship, she, she it was one of the things that she said that they did sexually. It was like, he, he, he wanted me to tie him up sometimes, but then also she was like, he would handcuff me right. and like sexually abuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? You know, the lines for her are blurred. Uh, If she was sexually abused, which she likely was, the lines for her between consent and abuse disappeared long ago. Oh, absolutely. Ugh. I can't relate. Well, I can relate something. Okay, I, I... In my lifetime, I have known someone who did develop a deep psychosis and then unfortunately killed someone and then themselves Mm -hmm. and it was one of those things where afterwards we had found out that this person had been abused but we were all like we didn't see it we couldn't see it right there was no way there was no it was just like that's this person that's just it right and then it was just like a a switch was flipped and then you know boom whoa that's the unfortunate thing it seems like the the final switch was flipped somehow here. Oof. That's what it seems like. Then in January, she was convicted of second-degree murder and given 25 years to life. Since then, she's been up for parole twice. Really? Yeah. Once in 2011 and again in 2020. Jeez. She was denied both times, obviously. Sure. 
In 2011, Bill's daughter, Margaret, who was then 35, spoke at the hearing. She spoke about how her dad had invited her to Thanksgiving that fateful year, that she had been so angry at him she didn't go, and that even then, her father was kind and understanding. What if she went? I don't know, but I'm sure she asks herself that all the time. Oh, man, that's torture. Mm -hmm. Good God. She concluded by saying that she didn't know how to punish someone who didn't even leave your loved one's body to mourn over, but that she knew you didn't let them out of prison. Yeah, you don't do that. That's impossible. Yeah. Her ex-attorney, Omaima's ex-attorney, believes that she should be let out, saying that she's a victim of abuse who has served her time, and reminding reporters that the psychiatrist testified that in this guy's words, the way that he worded it, he was like, she was, quote, at the most psychotic he had ever seen when he observed her at the time of the killing. And it's like, that, that, that phrase doesn't even make sense. <laughs> the psychiatrist hasn't observed her at any, at any other time. Mm-hmm. So good job, guy. And I mean, what would you do if she did get released? She would, like, put her in a sanitarium or something like sort I of... I mean, a- we don't even really have sanitariums anymore, you know? We just That's don't true. really have those. If we have them, they're private. It's just prison. All we have is prison. So, yeah, you can't let her out. Yeah, that's it. She, I mean, it's she, like... she belongs in the asylum, yeah. But yeah. We don't have many of those left. Guys, let's make some more asylums. <laughs> <laughs> Members of the original prosecution of the case have also made personal appearances at these parole hearings, speaking to the fact that Omaima should not be allowed out on parole. No. They cite her very bad prison record, her lack of rehabilitation programs while in prison. And on the flip side, Omaima says that she does not regret defending herself that night, but regrets dismembering him and that she's sorry to the family. Wow. She also points to her new husband, a 70-year-old man she married while in prison. And she says that they have been allowed three-day conjugal visits and that the man has not feared for his life once and there were even knives in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Were there forks? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking... Jesus. It doesn't... It doesn't, like, help, because then the board just comes back. The board just comes back, and they cite the same thing, but in their words, Mm -hmm. where where they say, she has continuously engaged in the habit of having relationships, including conjugal visits with older men while incarcerated for financial gain. Yeah, she's still on the troll (laughs) for that old rich... uh yeah. That old rich man. She's got to get that commissary money. Jeez. But she has been a model prisoner or anything like that, right? I mean, She's been a terrible prisoner. Oh, well, thank She you. has a terrible record of, like, like fighting people and, like, not going out, not, like, going to her prison job. And there's even, sadly, and this is probable because of her mental illness that's probably not well attended to, you know, there's, like, she has 
pings on her record because of hygiene. So she won't stay clean. Oh, man. Oh, dude. But to be fair, like I said, that probably has something to do with the fact that she probably is not on any, if like, proper medication of any medication. No, she's not on the right stuff at all. Clearly. She says that if she got out, she would want to move back to Egypt to be with her mother. But that's not really enough for the parole board, so her next parole hearing is due in 2026. For now, she resides in Chowchilla Female Prison here in California. She's here? <laughs> oh, God. You know, the weird thing is, and I know she's Egyptian, but for some reason I kept on wanting to give her a Jamaican voice. You know? I did what I did, and I'm not sorry that I did it. I'd do it again, but I can't do it because I'm in prison. But if you let me out, who knows what can happen? <laughs> no, no, that's not good. That's not good, Omaima. Don't say that. I'm going to say what I'm going to say because I mean what I say. <laughs> you stop yelling in my face, please. You I will not stop yelling in your face. You have halitosis. I don't care about my halitosis. <laughs> and I'm not going to give you no more space between my mouth and your nose. In fact, I'm going to eat your nose. <laughs> and I'm going to make a snack out of it. And for later, I'm going to save it <laughs> for a midnight treat. <laughs> Irma now, I'm from Egypt. now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode. <laughs> Take care of yourselves out there. Be good to one another. And don't eat each other. And freeze some soup. Normal soup. Sun's head. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Good night.